Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode uh, 700 and... Oh, what is it? It is 705, isn't it? I'm looking. Yes, there we go. Recording today, live, Wednesday, the 2nd of March. 3.03 day tomorrow, folks. So we're going to no doubt be inundated with squelchy 3.03 acid goodness and uh, faux bass lines from the 1980s. Uh, or maybe we won't. Who knows? Anyway, this is the Music Technology Podcast, hence my mem- mention of the TB303 classic Roland... Uh, well, I guess com- Compu Baseline, I think it was, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Anyway, um, nice to see you all. Uh, we're all here. Uh, say hello to the folks in the YouTube chat, the IRC. We're streaming on Facebook Live. We're streaming on Twitch. We're streaming in all those good places. Uh, in fact, for those of you who are uh, uh, Patreon subscribers, you will have seen I did a little bit of noodling at the beginning with the, the two new five voices, the Cobalt 5S and the Take 5. Not so new, but new to me because the, the review units have only just started being going out. But if you want to join us on Patreon, uh, you just need to head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State, where I've been posting some really good, decent sample patches of some of the synths that I've been reviewing, actually. And there's some there's some couple of nice things, and that's free if you're an upper tier. If you join us uh, and you get in before the end of the show, because our credits are automatically generated, um, your name may well appear at the end as a, as a special thank you. So if you feel uh, so inclined... Do so. Do join us. It's much appreciated. Uh, what else? Uh, have we got any other uh, uh, housekeeping? Yeah, I want to say uh, thank you to everybody for joining us in the chats. That's right. It's tick. I've said that. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. Uh, we've got more stuff coming up. One of the things that we've actually done, we've just gone into the old drawers to find... We've got a, a big stash of old hard drives going back to 2002 and uh, I brought out the old USB to serial ATA uh, and, and I actually managed to pull off uh, a bunch of videos from 2002 to 2008 uh, which was we only started posting to YouTube about 2011 so there's a whole bunch of this other content that none of you will have seen before unless you've been a follower from the beginning which might or might not be interesting including like a whole slew of show videos so what, what was released at or what did we film at Music Messer 2003? And this could be kind of an interesting exercise, but there's also other, other features as well. So we'll be posting that. That will be going up on our Patreon first, I think. And then we've got a new YouTube channel, sub-channel, where we'll put all of this, because I'm pretty sure most of our subscribers don't want to get notification of 40 videos from 2005 uh, in, in sort of SD, low-quality format, because that was the technology we're using. But that's all coming up soon. Anyway, let's say hello to some of our guests. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Ridge Hilton, who's over there in uh, sunny Connecticut. I guess it gets sunny, or at least it's warm in his house, perhaps, because he's got a t-shirt on. Oh, Is that an Esquivel? Does that say Esquivel? I can't Does see what the, what your t-shirt says. Uh, oh, your t- is your t- bullseye red. Ah, bullseye I, I can see- ah, okay. Mil- I thought it might Milwaukee be Pablo Esquivel. Milwaukee, Milwaukee Wisconsin. <laughs> Ah, Esquivel, as in the uh, Spanish composer, not the uh, oh. uh, not the drug Escobar. Lord. This, uh, I yeah. should say that <laughs> this is a gift from our dear production manager Nick Gosling, who is a great guy and a wonderful man to be touring with. Excellent. Es- you say Esquivel, I say Escobar. Uh, that's uh, that's got to be. There, there might be a, let's, uh, a title let's call in there somewhere. The whole deal off. Oh, that's just that is Escobar. worthy. <laughs> Escabel, Escobar, Escavel, Escobar, isn't it? Escavel, Escavel, Esquivel. In fact, it is Esquivel. Esquivel. Yeah. 
If you haven't checked him out, um, Pablo Esquivel, I think it's Pablo Esquivel, I might be wrong there, but really good. They did so, he did some really mad, sort of insane, weird, twisted, kind of psychedelic lounge music from the uh, late 50s and early 60s, which is sort of... Uh, really odd, all that kind of really strange nonsense singing and uh, just brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, you will recognise it when you hear some of his classic hits. Well worth checking out. I didn't have a link ready because that just came up. Anyway, Rich, lovely to have you. Uh, you uh, you've been out. Um, you've been gigging again, doing uh, all sorts of stuff. So must be nice to be out there in the world. It was. It was. And the times here right now are relaxing uh, the local Infection rate is below 3%, which is as low as it's been in quite some time. And mask mandates are falling away in all these different parts of the country. And uh, I think there's, I think we're testing the waters to see if the combination of acquired immunity, vaccinations, and uh, dumb luck gets us through the next year without having <laughs> to quit life again. Woo, let's hope so. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's also, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to have a bit of uh, drama-free life, but uh, sadly Some life it's back. always the case. Yes. Some life back. Uh, but lovely to have you, Rich. And also we have Mr. Dom Hawkin, a.k.a. Mr. Wiggly, who is, uh, Hello. Who is there in the studio. How are you doing, Dom? I'm good, thank you very much. As good as can be under the present circumstances. So uh, yeah, I can't complain at all. Just been. Uh, a I bit of was just going to put. You've rewiring. got uh, you've got a fortieth uh, anniversary. Well, you can, oh, very yes. cleverly. What you've really cleverly done is gone by tens, increments of ten. So you can have these massive celebratory <laughs> oh, podcast events where I'm sort of have to wait for hundreds. You're doing them with tens, which I think is genius. So your fortieth, your fortieth is on Wednesday, and you've got a bunch of people. I'm going to post the link to that in the show notes. Yeah, on Sunday, um, and we've got the the, uh, the usual birthday suspects coming in with with Ty and Kent Spong, but Gaz has promised to drop by, um, so that should be interesting. As, 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 it's, it's, he's never better. Ty has never bettered his impression of Bungle from Rainbow, even in the sort of second or thirtieth birthday. I think that's still the moment, but it should be fun. So it'd be very little about music, I think, and uh, just more about mayhem and crazy quizzes. So uh, yeah, oh, please, seven pm on Sunday. Uh, yes. Mr. Wiggly YouTube channel. Um, click it and it'll give you a reminder. It should be really good. Should be really, really good. So we'll get. I'm trying to post it in the well. chat now. There it goes. But um, and then no, we've got it here. Look, there, there we go. I had it. I did have it. I just for some reason I only got it in the browser. I'm yeah. going. Oh, dismiss. As, as, do... as in episodes, really. <laughs> it's much yeah, better. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a genius. I think it's by far. Uh, it's a much smarter way of doing it than uh, than we did. So uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So, um, yeah, well, we've got, well, there is news. I mean, we've got a few things and there's some interesting stuff going on. I mean, I thought actually it was going to be a slow news week. And it is, I mean, obviously we've got, uh, there, there is a lot of news, but the, in terms of music technology news, it's, it, it's it, often a traditionally a quiet time. But uh, we'll start actually, we've got, um, yeah, here we go. Let's start with this guy. No, that's not it. It's this one. Ta-da. This is Tim Shoebridge and another one, and it's a preview of some uh, software he's done called PPG, which is Polyphonic Pressure Generator. 
And I got quite excited about this because I thought, you know, MIDI in, and obviously something going on behind the scenes that's just basically channelizing each note and spitting out polyphonic aftertouch to a uh, device. In this instance, I think he's sending it to the Nymphis, which uh, responds to polyphonic aftertouch or MPE. Um, it's quite a long video. Uh, check it out. I posted the link in the show notes, so it'll be there. Um, Tim is he's starting to do some really because he did the the Nymphis editor, which he did in conjunction with Cherry Audio. So he's starting to do some really interesting stuff. And I, I was I was getting quite excited by this because I thought, oh, what a brilliant idea! I, I think the way he's done it is is different to what I'd imagined, where essentially any keyboard which has aftertouch or not, I think even not aftertouch, will transmit polyphonic aftertouch. Mm-hmm based on the triggers and you see uh there i think uh where was it is it the uh no that's not it at all it's the um basically it's it's the uh it takes a trigger input then it sends an envelope enveloped polyphonic expression event i suppose i thought what it was going to do was take a note go okay i'll assign that to a, a, a channel and then i'll track the aftertouch value and it will just map it but it, it wasn't i don't know if that's even viable i think maybe i was expecting something not in my head but it's still a really interesting idea because he's made that envelope uh, loopable it can be triggered by a specific note it could be triggered by velocity it could be triggered by a controller event so it's actually quite useful and quite interesting it's just not quite what i expected uh rich i mean you're the resident um mpe player who's got way more expression than you know what's good for you um, this looks kind of interesting because most uh, most keybeds are not poly aftertouch i mean it's quite a rare thing and, uh, and and it seems like this would be a really good idea it is a really good idea and i enjoyed his explaining how it came about and his passion for the subject and this might be an expressive thing, but, and I imagine actually the key switch part is probably the one that interested me the most because for me to try to learn how to control my velocity to the extent where I can initiate this thing is a little bit kind of confusing and limiting to the technique. So I would prefer the key switch part much like people do with Spitfire articulations or, or contact articulations. That said, it's really, it, I found the limitations a little bit disheartening, and I'd like to see my, my uh, <laughs> trepidation dispelled by some brilliant player who shows me how expressive it really can be. Because you're essentially triggering on and off a predetermined um, behavior. It's not actually yeah. reacting to your finger. It's not just taking the mono pressure and converting it to poly in that moment. It's it's triggering an event that accesses the polyphonic channel and creates whatever happens in the polyphonic pressure world for that particular note. And I think it's a one note event thing too. And I if right, I'm not I, I'm not sure me on th- that, but yeah. that's what it looked like. I think I think the way it's implemented, maybe that's it will be the last played note. Uh, I think. I know, Dom, you probably got a bit more of a handle on this, being the uh, the more logically brained and programmery kind of guy uh, that you are. Did you, yeah, did, did, you, did you understand? It, 
Yeah. 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 Okay. It's neat. It's a nice idea. And 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 yeah, don't go rushing out thinking that you're suddenly going to turn your even, you know, aftertouch keyboard into a poly aftertouch. It's it's not that. But as I understand it, if you take the trigger, let's just say you can set the bottom key of the keyboard or the button in the middle of the keyboard to trigger polyphonic aftertouch. Whilst that is held down, any keys you play will trigger polyphonic aftertouch. And when you let go, it won't. So you, I, my, my idea would be to put it on a foot pedal, I think. Um, and yeah, you can. He does it on lot, Yeah, exactly. A lot of people play lower notes and poly aftertouch on the lead line on the top, um, which yeah. is the easiest because you've really only got to concentrate on one hand to, to, to get that effect in it. That makes it quite easy because you can put your chord down, hit the pedal, play your top notes and go in and out on that pedal. Um, and it will give you, uh, well, as he shows on his video, a really kind of quite sweet, nice thing that, uh, that if you had a normal poly, uh, poly aftertouch keyboard, the, the, the wobble or whatever the effect that you're using would affect all of the chords, which is quite annoying. So it, it does its job um, admirably, really opening up that kind of poly aftertouch, the, the poly aftertouch effect. As long as you're doing it, with it's a like duophonic aftertouch, effectively, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but yeah, what, exactly. Which exactly is what they that. they introduced. They introduced that on the uh, Polybrute uh, firmware update. That's now that's a thing where you can just kind of go, well, the notes I'm playing won't have any aftertouch applied to them. Yeah. Well, the notes I'm holding won't have any, but the notes I'm playing will when I press. Yeah. I thought yeah. maybe what it could do, and this is, uh, uh, but I don't know how it would work with Round Robin. If if you have a six voice synth it will just basically take each note that you plug in. Say you've got a little MIDI processor, note in, note mm -hmm. one in, channel one, note at two in, channel two, three, four, five, mm -hmm. six, and then any pressure that you're playing on a note that is assigned to one of those six will only send its uh, pressure to that note. Is gotcha. that, is that, the, am the I, aftertouch am I is thinking, literally is that... an on-off. So, so if you can, the aftertouch on old keyboards literally works by having a long, long, basically pressure sensitive strip so that any of the notes that you press will, uh, will turn it on and off. So if you were trying to single out a note, you could say the last note played would, would, would do it, I suppose. Um, but that's about as far as you could go. You, you you couldn't say the note that's currently on channel number two, for example, is now assigned the aftertouch. It's it's uh yeah, it's an on-off switch for aftertouch. Well, you could no, but you, you could, could if you were processing after the effect because if if you're playing C two and C three, say for instance, yeah, and C two is assigned to channel one and goes into this little logic switch and basically and the second note is C two. So if you're holding them both down and then you press aftertouch and it's got that's uh, it won't be able to it won't know that the aftertouch is coming from c2 yeah okay i understand yeah it, that's it, uh, it, yeah but yeah. it's not far, it's not a massive step away from a little kiwi tronic style retrofit because the synth knows that it's c2 and it knows that it's receiving aftertouch so I can't help thinking, you know, I really, really want to put it little rubber feet under my keyboards that, you know, that do it kind of, or a little a little laser light that triggers if I press a bit harder, you know, it's frustrating. And I think that's what everyone's looking for. Um, but no, this is, a, this is a worthy middle step, if particularly if mm. you don't have aftertouch at all on anything, but you've got one yes. of those modules that support it, will make it, you know, really a much nicer experience for both the player and the listener, I suppose.
Yeah, I think it's out next week, he seemed to say. I don't know how much it's going to be. I, I can't imagine it's going to be tremendously expensive, but I can't put word, you know, it's it's entirely up to Tim. But uh, nice to see a bit of innovation going on there. And I'm sure there might be a way for it to happen. I, I just think I'm kind of, my, I'm percolating just in, in a kind of in, inside a raspberry pie or something where it just go, yeah, don't worry, I've got this. Even if it's only due a interesting as well. Uh, I mean, I don't think he Rich. had it programmed in there, but you could say the upper two octaves would uh, would switch yeah. it. Sorry, Rich, carry on. No, no worries. Um, there is software by Roly called Dashboard, which with which I have a love-hate relationship, as I've described previously. However, one of the wonderful things about it is it does aggregate. In other words, you can apply this thing as an output to a single synthesizer, which I assume if it were to connect, collect polyphonic aftertouch data would relate to this thing in some way. Whereas, so in other words, they're already doing probably some kind of detection like that in order to make it match the aftertouch style of whatever you're playing after the dashboard, which is, I was talking about how I wish those functions were mostly in the actual instrument itself in the next rev a couple of weeks ago. But it is a pretty handy thing in that regard. So I believe they're aggregating a ton of MIDI data and manipulating in various ways. So the aggregating the MIDI data part is what I'm addressing here. Yes, that's already sort of yeah. been done. So it's then what do you do with it? Great post by Lady Aptitude in the chat room there. Sorry, no, uh, this is uh, this is some merch. No bloody aftertouch. And with my face there, that's a synth meme I've, I've ever I've seen one. Nice one. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought it was uh, it's probably not the biggest news, but at the time I was looking for news, it was. Uh, subsequently, there are other things that are now uh, coming into into play, which we'll uh, we'll take a look at next. So uh, let me just uh, what's the next topic? Let's have a look. I think we'll go to this one because I think this is going to be um, this is this is probably. Let's see. Did I actually? I haven't got a video for this, have I? But I have got uh, I've got this guy. So uh, uh, yeah, there we go. We've got the new, um, the new, a slew of new Bollingers, uh, many of which are, as as uh, Synthtopia delightfully put them, knockoffs, uh, which I think is fair enough way of putting it. I mean, this is entitled to his opinion. Uh, this is the Proton, which, as we know, the Neutron is. I, I mean, I think the Neutron is a fantastic instrument, and this is the Proton, which is a kind of the, the next generation, I suppose. And uh, it's st it looks like it's still based on the 3340 VCOs, which sound really good. In the neutron. I mean, if you've never tried one, either of you, I thoroughly recommend it. You're going to go, oh my. And uh, t a twin VCFs, which are the Moffat ones, we think, really good. Four LFA, four VCOs, uh, sorry, four envelopes, two ADSRs and two ASRs, and two LFOs, which go up into uh, audio rates if they're the same flavour. Uh, lost the drive and lost the effect, but we got a lot more synthesis functioning. It's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, Bollinger have been very quiet for a while, and now I guess they're kind of ramping up, getting ready to do their production on this big stuff, which is, this is the stuff I'm interested in, not the kind of, you know, as as they've said, knockoff stuff. I'm interested in the new stuff, and this does look cool. Rich, have you tried the neutral? Have you actually put your hands on one and listened to one in a room? Have not, but I, I hear would... nothing but great things, and it looks like a wonderful product. And I'm pretty sure I saw whatever review you posted of it. Yeah. So well, um, yeah, we we were we I was, I was impressed. I have to say, very. And this one looks like it could be more of the same. Two nine nine US. I mean, that's a crazy low price. And like you, I like when they do their own thing. 
to, to yeah, put it, but, uh, you know, simply. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got uh, Saturn Sol, uh, which is like a Jupiter, Toro, which is like a Taurus, and Pro VS as well, which have been uh, touted. But none of these are available. They're, they're suffering the same uh, chip shortages as everybody else. So I guess once they're waiting, once the, it, it turns up, then they'll be okay. But uh, uh, Dom, have you, have you tried a Neutron? Yeah, I've got a Neutron. I, I love it. And I... Um, I loved it even more that you did that interview with Frederico Vin Vinver, um, who's yeah. uh, uh, this Grammy award-winning, he's uh, worked with Kanye and Megan Trent. There's a Kanye track with some, it's a brilliant interview. I've mentioned it before. Check it out. It was last uh, April, May and on Sonic State. But yeah, it was. He talks about working with Kanye and the track Sunday, uh, closed on Sunday. And uh, Nick's on about this bass saying, oh yeah, you must've got a, a Mini Mugin sounded brilliant. He said, no, 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 I, I didn't have much room in the suitcase. I took out my Neutron. And it is, it's just this, I mean, there's very little going on in the track, as, as is it true with most Kanye tracks. And it's just this brilliant booming bass line coming out of a Neutron. And I looked at it in a slightly different light after that. I mean, it's always been like there, but slightly as an afterthought, as a, as a really like kind of, oh yeah, great sounds coming out of this, but, uh, you know, perhaps not for, for, for reality. And then you start looking at it more closely. And uh, the thing's brilliant. So uh, this, yeah, 300 quid, it's perfect sweet spot. It's got a wave folder on it, I think, which is going to yep. be interesting. No drive, but I think the wave folder and I think an extra couple of looping ASR envelopes, I think. There's definitely a lot more yeah. in it. Um, and you can live without the delay. You get, you know, get a pedal. The delay was pretty dull on the Neutron anyway. It's nice to have, but definitely you can do without. Um, and I don't. I don't know if that LFO still goes up to audio rates, but that was what was getting me into um, audio rate PWM I mentioned a few weeks ago as my new kind it's of interesting, is it? I've, It's interesting. I've got it's, it's the, new, the, the, the shot here. The, the big knob at the bottom is actually the LFOs. And the fil everything else is sort of relative. The filters, the LFOs mm. seem to be stars of the show. You know, the LFOs and VCOs are the, are the you know, the, the stars. And then the filters and the envelopes and everything else are kind of starred off of it. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... Uh, sorry, Andy, I keep switching. Uh, Andy's switching today and I keep jumping in. I'm kind of like, I can't, I can't break the habit. Um, it's very, uh, yeah, it's got a, it, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, I, and I, I, yeah. I, one thing I really missed, the Neutron had the drive, but the tone that you had as well was like this extra kind of tilt EQ, which when yeah. you, it, as if there wasn't enough bottom end on those massive oscillators, when you then filter it down and you turn the tone down, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, with a little bit of drive, it's the it, it's the, as big as a very big thing. You know, it really yeah, was totally, a, yeah, totally, yeah, and impressive. and Euro rackable as well. So it's your it's your gateway drug as well. If you've not got into it, um, lots of patch points. You know, it's perfectly perfectly sized to fit in your Euro rack skiff and set you off on that merry journey to the uh, to bankruptcy court. But uh, yeah, no, great, thing, I, I, really good, three hundred quid. <laughs> Yeah, I do hope it. Uh, I do hope it turns up soon. And obviously, the other stuff would be interesting. But it's kind of those are more, and those are ludicrously cheap as well, aren't they? I don't know what they are. Sort of forty yeah. nine, ninety nine bucks for them. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. is fine. But but you know, other people make stuff that's that's similar. This this is something unique, and I'm, uh, I'd like to see more of that stuff. But you know, hey, totally. Right um, okay, let's have a look. What's the other thing? Um, yeah, well, I think we should. We, we we can't go much further without at least mentioning uh, um, some support for our friends in Ukraine. Uh, there's, it's been such a nightmare. Um, if I actually, if I do this, I've got a 
Peter Kearns put a really good uh, page together. I mean, it's hard to know what to do. I mean, aside from the politics, it's just the sort of human cost and the tragedy of this is really disturbing and distressing. And it's uh, there are a number of people. Not only have we got, uh, uh, I think we've. Uh, Soma um, uh, certainly have roots in Ukraine. I think some of their employees are in Ukraine. I think we've also got uh, Sign Vibes, who are the great coders. They've got that they're based in Ukraine. I'm also told that Endorphins are from or based there. So it's an absolutely dreadful situation. And we, if there's anything that we could do to help, it's probably to support artists who are putting stuff out there. And Peter Kuhn's done a really good job of putting together some resources to do that. And you know whether we whether we get I don't really want to get into the rights and wrongs of you know international uh, war uh, but it, it, it's a terrible situation that shouldn't be happening and if we could in, in some way affect it by registering our displeasure then I think that's a good thing and also by the same token supporting people as well I think that's important I know Rich I imagine this is it's, it's a you know it, it's a difficult thing to talk about because it's just every day it seems to get worse and worse and it's just like I want it to stop mm -hmm. as I think we all do my ancestors are from the area um, I don't know specifically exactly where between Poland, Ukraine, and, and, uh, and, but my ancestors are from the area. But in any case, I spent some time on the website, thought it was a wonderful thing, actually reposted it to my own uh, wall and listened, spent time listening to the music on it. And there's some outstanding music on there. So um, I encourage. Yeah, that's a, it's really experimental. I mean, there's, in addition to supporting Ukraine in general right now, um, to please have a listen to the artwork that's coming out of there because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's uh, that there, I posted a link to. Uh, there's a band camp for one of the labels where there's a. And it's a really interesting wide gallery. It has a very strong cultural identity running under it. Even the kind of what I would term as kind of European pop charts sort of based stuff there's lots of uh, uh in all of the, the visuals that accompany it even this is before presumably all of this happened because i imagine it'd be pretty hard to make a pop video at the moment still has a, a, an awful lot of kind of folk uh, imagery and uh, national dress and all this kind of thing it's quite interesting it's a, it's a really strong culturally identical uh, ident identifiable place i think i'm saying that right mm -hmm. but yeah dom it's you know the, we could do what we can. We today we added the flag to our logo and our Facebook and our YouTube. Just yeah, you know, it yeah, feels like such a pathetic, a pathetic thing to do, but it it might help. Uh, yeah, it does feel a little do helpless. Doesn't feel it? I mean, any anything helps, I guess. Uh, I have nothing more to add, really. What a disastrous situation, which is uh, is not going away soon. I hope it does, but um, yeah, it's absolutely terrible. So any support we can offer. Um, no, you know, you can do what you can. That's it, isn't it? And it's just a terrible situation. It's just, just as we thought we were getting out of one fire, we've jumped into another one. So, Absolutely. hopefully, there's an end to this uh, at some stage. Mr. Grumpy, uh, Mr. Grundy in the chat room said I should put uh, a yellow tape across my <laughs> across the cobalt. Which is actually, is it Mr. Grunny? I can't miss that. It's gone. It's, it's, the, the chat is moving a million miles an hour. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, you know, we can't ignore this. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll end up with a situation where we've actually got some kind of uh, um, resolution and things can get back to normal of some description. Uh, and hopefully we'll all be able to kind of just get back to normal life and um, 
and so will they, and without too much more disruption and fear. Okay, um, I think maybe I'll just take a breather and we'll um, have a word from our friends over at Isotope. Isotope Producers Club is a -a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And don't forget, if you want to save as well, if you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, I believe if you use the code Sonic10 at checkout, you save an extra 10%, uh, which is all good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, head over and see what they've got. This is only on uh, software products, not on subscriptions or hardware, but we very much appreciate their support. Uh, much appreciated. Um, okay, so let's get on something else. Uh, this is now, This may be contentious. I know that this has caused a lot of issues in the past, but hey, I'm going to go for it anyway. What the hell? This is the uh, the rather uh, sad demise of the Timberwolf. This is uh, a chap called Nonstop Picnic. I guess it's a chap. And you see he's chasing the voices around. This is a Bach piece, Canzonata uh, in D minor, which is going to run out of screen capture because I couldn't figure out how to get it in. And it's, uh, so yes, yeah, on the Timberwolf. And there's a few things here. Uh, obviously, the Timberwolf launch was one of those kind of car crashes of a product launch. It just didn't work out. I, I think uh, some, in, in I think it's on um, I forget which site it is the uh, one of the one of the sites. Two thousand. It was launched in two thousand and fifteen, and they called it the Hindenburg of, of synthesizer demos, which is perhaps a little harsh. <laughs> but I remember Dan wow. Dan, uh, Dan Gill, who's a great guy. He just had a bad day at the office, and he got terribly. Uh, he got a really hard time about it. And he's he's a brilliant and very accomplished designer technology guy just didn't have a great day at the office that day and i think maybe it was a bit misunderstood it's very simple four voices they all ran robin so which is why um, um in that demo he's kind of chasing the voices around trying to articulate them at the same time but this was a couple of things it's like well it's it's considered very much to be a very poor instrument okay and but i think it's all relative because obviously we've got bark going in who is a genius and you can kind of really appreciate the musicality of such a thing so what does it really matter i mean ultimately you can make you can make a lovely piece of music on sign tones you know they really really doesn't matter and i suppose that was just really i thought wanted to get a conversation about you know well there's a few things Music, good music in on any instrument makes for a good experience. But also, there are some instruments that are very much underrated or written off, but still capable of doing some great things. So, I know, Rich, I'm, I'm sure you could probably play Bach and have uh, studied and uh, the, mu- the musical chap that you are. Um, did you ever get to play on a Timberwolf? Because I remember doing it at NAMM, and it was a bit of a confusing experience. It wasn't the, the finest. Um, no. 
thing. I think. No. I think at the time it was it was over. It, the expectations were high, and the de- what was delivered was low. I suppose is the, the mismatch there between. I never those. interacted with the Timberwolves, so I have interacted uh, as a student with JS Bach. However, and you can play that on anything, and I love it. Um, watching this man go through the motions of trying to create, give his creature life, as they say in the movies, uh, was really distracting and hard. But if I closed my eyes, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it reminds me, is this so, I, I don't, again, I'm not that familiar with the Timberwolf, but didn't Electron have a product called Analog 4 that was conceptually not dissimilar, whereby you could have four different tones on four different channels and have it behave like four monophonic instruments, if that's kind of how you wanted to yes, roll? Yes, uh, that's true. There was a lot more going on. They were much more complete voices, uh, and there was, a, there was a really, really excellent sequencer, and uh, you could play them yeah. together as well, which I think you could on the Timberwolf, but you still had to dial It was like the Monopoly, except you had a separate filter for each voice as well, which makes it quite difficult to use, but good for, for maybe four-part well, counterpoint. We didn't complain when it was called the Oberheim four voice. Uh, it was um, <laughs> quite. I wasn't wasn't. Uh, I don't know the Timberwolf, but uh, I enjoyed the music and kind of pitied the poor guy twisting the knobs. <laughs> yeah. He did say it was like it was. I do look a bit ridiculous in this, but I'm chasing chasing the notes because it's dynamically allocated, so you never know which one's going to be the next note. So that was kind of quite funny. It's like whack a mole, I suppose, in many ways. But I suppose that the, that, that brings up another question, isn't it? The idea of you know what synths are there that seem to that that weren't really considered to be all that, and either kind of came back and became hits or were just i mean obviously we've got the 303 it being 303 clearly yeah 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 i mean Um, i've got such a soft spot for the for the timberwolf i I owned one for briefly this morning oh wow i bought one off of ebay for 160 pounds and then he came back and said oh no sorry that wasn't meant to be live i got it was the wrong price clearly but so he pulled the he pulled the auction and uh, to be honest I, I, i think it's just being a fan of the underdog and knowing the 303 i do I've yet to own one, so this is kind of pie in the sky, but I do think it's a future classic. And I think it only takes one tune. I mean, the Bach tune is lovely. That's that's not it. That's not going to push the, the Timberwolf into the mainstream. But um, I can't help thinking there's going to be some little mod or something that comes along and everyone goes, wow, this is brilliant. The price is rising. <laughs> And it's so bad, that, partly because I keep telling everyone it's a future classic, I would like to think, but but mainly I think because they are so cheap now and they're not that bad. You know, they're not, if you want like a mono synth with four oscillators and you look at it like that, I think potentially you're, you're, you're onto a winner, but they're basic, but there's just some decent bass coming out of that demo just as it stands. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been unfathomable to have spent 160 quid on it, and and two two fifty for something like that is is good, I think, and it'll take I, a little. I'm sure I looked, I looked on eBay today. I looked on eBay today, and they were there was like ones 190, 188 UK pounds. Yeah. This is. So I mean, they're still yeah. they're holding their yeah. low price consistently, <laughs> <laughs> which is why they're they're selling. I think you know, I'd love I'd I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I'd love to think they were a future classic. A lot of that is because it's the underdog, but they're not as bad as people make out. There's plenty of worse things around, I'm sure. Can't quite think of them, but there's definitely a lot of worse things. And, and um, what was yeah, the last thing that you bought? Was there anything that you bought that you just thought this is going to be great and it really, really wasn't 
you don't, oh. either you didn't click with it or it just didn't sound all that fantastic. This is quite. A, this could be an uncomfortable conversation. It's actually, isn't it? Actually, a couple we're, of, tre couple we're of all treading with care. Yeah, uh, some some Eurorack modules have let me down, um, but that doesn't really count because there's so many different ones of those. What do I think? The uh, just looking around, not really, to be honest. I remember the Akai AX and VX synthesizers, uh, which were spoke. They had a funny little voice thing on the back that you could plug into an original S nine hundred, but they yeah. were quite weedy. I remember. I remember them being a bit disappointing and a bit skinny and sort of like mm, that's not really. I mean, the Matrix one thousand gets gets a lot of love and some really high prices. I know, I too, I, and you know, just let them go for next to nothing, and they really didn't didn't float my boat. They make their sixth voice analog. Um, I mean, that's way back, but they command super high prices now and it didn't really do it for me, to be honest. It just sounded a bit It was thin. all SysX editing with the Matrix 1000, wasn't oh, it? Oh, and they had a terrible, terrible SysX implementation. So they crashed all the time and they were really slow. <laughs> I think someone might have done an update, but yeah, half half of the SysX was missing. They kind of <laughs> left it out and, and, you know, it was really, if you sent the, if you sent the data too fast, it would just break. So kind of you were left with the, these thousand <laughs> presets. And none of them worked. I, I think there was maybe one. I, I wrote the number on it, you know, just, just switch it to that. It's a bit like 27 on the on the MIDI verb, which was the big reverb everyone used to use back in the day when your best reverb was an Elysis. No, I, I don't think there's much. I don't like selling anything, really. I don't hang on to it, even if it's pretty bad. But there's nothing that's really... No, can't think of anything. I think Yoad's got a couple of Matrix 1000s. I think Yoad's got a couple of Matrix 1000s. The Ensonic Fismo was another big one. It just, everybody was berating it. And I and I still, there are some people, I can't even remember, is it, was it a transwave synth? I can't remember the spec of it, but I remember people were like, because it, it was quite colourful and gaudy, but I, don't, I never mm. played one. And I know people who rate, really do rate it. So Fismo referred to the phrase physical modelling. Ah, okay. That's what Fismo oh, was meant. Like gizmo. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not Gizmo. It, it was a, a, a I never wash it. <laughs> colloquial way to say physical modeling was F I Z M O was Fismo. Um, and I did play one once, and it was okay. And um, I often find that things that have a lot of romance today were things I didn't want back when they were released. And I just think that's the nature of romance and the flattening out of the distinctions over time. It, the fact that it's old becomes more important the older it gets, kind of like me. And, um, <laughs> and uh, its actual quality level hasn't improved any now, and I hope that's not me. Um, that's not true. I won't but, hear it. I hope that's not me. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, so – Certain things that didn't appeal to me then, very few of them carry that much more appeal to me now that I would want to spend some ungodly fortune on them. But but uh, like like photography, the farther away you get from it, the more it flattens out. Uh, time, that is. And people lose the distinctions between the different things that were important to us in that context at the time. So the thing got released, and like in any of your reviews, it had these features, but it lacked those features. And people would get, you know, well, the other one can do, you know, the EML 101 has four oscillators. It's better than a Minimoog. You know, you'd have those arguments. Um, yeah. So, um, 
I didn't have a Matrix 1000. I did play earlier matrix matrices, and uh, they were wonderful. And uh, I'm a great lover of Oberheim products, but I don't have much else to say about this Timberwolf thing. Speaking of Oberheim, actually, I did I did try because I I never got around to trying out the OBE, and I I because partly because towards the end of the life of my previous laptop, I was running out of installation space and so i just didn't put anything on it and whereas i've got plenty of disk space left with it i put that on this the other day and I, honestly when people say it sounds fantastic you kind of expect that you know dave and dave and chris lovely guys that people are always going to say nice but I, Honestly, it's one of those things. You, some of the patches have got tons of effects on them, and they sound amazing. And then you just go, all right, I'm going to turn those off. And, see what, and you just go, oh, my God, it still sounds. I mean, it really is a, a, a work of art, I have to say. And I'm not just saying that because he's a mate. It's it, If you want to hear a soft synth done that sounds really massive, I mean, even on my crappy audio interface that I was just using to monitor it from, it was just like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. So, yeah, that's the other. But then, uh, in that piece where Tom was uh, talking about, uh, in the Bright Sparks extra episode, where Tom was talking about the period, the sort of Marion period, and the, uh, I guess it would have been the Matrix 1000 roundabout there, that was perhaps not the, uh, the they, they kind of ran out of resources, so there, there was some stuff that perhaps wasn't uh, wasn't so great, I seem to remember. Mm -hmm. That's, um, yeah, uh, Torn Tech apparently make an update, uh, someone was saying in the chat. So so as long as you fix that and you can get into editing, then it probably is much better. I mean, it just was one of those things. It didn't quite uh, didn't quite yeah, hit me. Probably needs a CPU yeah, update. Properties. Exactly, yeah. You so can't play notes so and control them at the same time. <laughs> then you're just asking exactly. for trouble. <laughs> Quite. Anyway, I just thought that was uh, um, that was a, a good pee. Let's have a look, see what else we've got. Um, oh, let me see. Ah, right, okay. Well, this was a big one that, again, I missed. This also just popped out. So let's just throw this out there because I think this would be, uh, um, I know something that you're really interested in. This is the new uh, Squap um, Hypax, or Hapax, I'm not quite sure how it's made. It's really interesting uh, grid-based sequencer, but it's got two project engines, so you can run them both at the same time. It's 192 PPQM, which is a decent resolution, 2 times MIDI I.O., 2x4 MIDI I.O., and uh, CV 2x4, uh, 16 tracks, 8 patterns each project, and you run them all simultaneously. It doesn't have its own sound engine, but it looks like it also records and playbacks MPE and polyphonic expression. Uh, out now, 865 euros, 879. And this, I, I know the Squat Pyramid was one that we've, we've covered it at a couple of trade shows. I mean, I've never got around to using it, but it's supposed to be a really nicely tuned and brilliant sort of performance sequencer. And I'm guessing this has got 128 pads. I mean, it looks really nice. I mean, I don't know, Don, whether yeah. this is, is this sort of because of your fixation with that, not fixation, but because you, you're really into the uh, the deluge, <laughs> deluge, which has a similar <laughs> a similar kind of yeah. vibe to it, isn't it? It's got a lot of pads, yeah. and, and so you've got the yeah, ability exactly. to. So I just love it because it, it looks like a deluge, and obviously deluge <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I'm, I've, I, I've, I was always toying with a pyramid, and they've done the circlon uh, as well, I think, you know. And I know a lot of particularly techno-oriented 
people are using the pyramid and because it's like rock solid timing it's really simple you can you know you can hit the beat in there and it just and it's it's tempting it's a really nice thing um and i went the 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 deluge route because it's got other stuff built into it this is a pure sequencer but it looks like it's laid out really nicely and they've made a really nice use kind of deluge inspired 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 by the deluge um in terms of like using the, the the buttons almost as a screen. So like on the Deluge, you can see the waveform displayed across the buttons in colors, whereas this one, you can use it to enter the MPE data. Um, and I don't, I haven't seen it, um, you know, any more than anyone else here, but it looks like that, that the interface will be as tactile as, as the others. And if you want a rock solid, pure sequencer that just sits in the rack and does its stuff and you get on making noises, which is really what, I think people are using the squap stuff for you know it's it's the, the the beats are fairly basic if you like and it's all about the sounds that are pushed out of them. Then this looks like a really cool um, a really cool thing. Um, and I know people who got those two screens from, which do look kind of nice. Don't yeah. They? yeah. Yeah, I know Real people who switched. Got a friend of mine called Fabo on 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 Facebook switched from a pyramid to Deluge. A lot of people are switching from Deluge to the new archives with the new software and back again. Um, but they've got a real hardcore following for the original pyramid and stuff. And it's nice to see something new, which just it looks really cool, basically. And it looks like it's a, an easy thing to use. So fingers crossed. I, I don't know what it is about me. I've got a kind of mental block about hardware sequences. I, I, I don't know why. I think it's because I spent such a long time in software and on, on DAW and on Logic and Cubase where I had all of that stuff and I got to know it so mm. well. The idea of going to a pattern-based sort of thing, just, it really, I think I had such a bad time with Steinberg Pro 24, which was pattern-based. <laughs> when it went to linear, I was like, I'm free, I can do it. And so I don't know what, I, and I'd love to check it out, but I don't know what... Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Rich, I mean, you've got a lot of experience with sequencing stuff. I mean, I know you were doing a lot with the, uh, um, the not the Fairlight, the um, Synclavier. I don't know how, I mean, do, do you have an affinity with hardware sequences as well? Or is there something that you kind of feel comfortable using? Well, this thing looks fantastic to me. And as I may have mentioned once or twice in the past, um, what interests me is live interactions musically with these kinds of gear, whatever those kinds of gear are, whether they be CV driven and modular or whether they be software driven and USB. I don't care. Point is, I want to see an effective live means of interacting with those devices such that it's not just muting and unmuting your homework from last week and that becomes your concept. Right. So the performance elements and the the ability of this thing to control such a wide variety of things and have so many great little gazintas and gazoutas on the back. Um, I uh, am intrigued by this instrument. It is to me an instrument. It's a live performance instrument and it would have to exist in a, in a system of things that make sounds and mix them. But, um, and it is also, I must say, not a low-priced device, which is understandable given all the things it does, but it's not for the faint of wallet, this thing. If I understand correctly, it's about $1,000. Uh, 875 euros, so probably a similar yeah, amount. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that might, but maybe about, right about, about $1,000. Yeah. Right 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's a significant investment to find out if this is going to be your um, your version of Nirvana in a live setting. But it's something that really intrigues me as it relates to my goal to see people interacting musically in a creative way on the gig and this whole thing about being able to crossfade between or transfer between two loaded projects. And while you're playing one, you could be loading another one and you could continue to make this yeah, sort of rave, cool. like, yeah. sequence yeah. of events and songs and you you know you can have songs with more than one section in them and things like that this is what we need in this world mm. yeah well i think i'm uh, we'll we'll definitely make a beeline if they're going to be at super booth we'll definitely make a beeline for it and if we can find out maybe a way of getting one down here check one out or maybe uh, uh you know find someone who was who, who's more in that groove to uh to review it we'll definitely do that that sounds like a it looks like something we really want to check out that's for sure um, okay, well, I, I left it a bit late, but uh, we've still got about 10 minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go with the, uh, well, obviously, the other news of the week was the Modal Electronics Cobalt 5S, which uh, I've also published my review. I was, a, I was a good boy, and I hit the deadline, and it seems I wasn't alone. There were quite a lot of people who got hold of them, but I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. I just was interested in it. So that's not it. It's that one, isn't it? There we go. So this is the uh, 5S, uh, which is basically the Cobalt 8 engine. Aftertouch keybed, uh, sort of not min not mini keys, medium keys, uh, Rather XY pad, all of that stuff. But the same kind of, basically a DSP virtual extended virtual animal. Again, five voices built to a price. I think it's going to be about 379 UK, 449 US, which may be a bit higher than some people would like. But it sits quite squarely in the affordable bracket and uh, a couple of things that I just take away from it it's still got some of those really nice sounds because you can spread and do the same oscillator tricks that you could do with the uh, original uh, which is two oscillators blend between them and then spread them out to, up to sort of four divisions down each so you could get eight per voice if that's what you need um, and then uh, it's small and compact, and I thought if they put some studs on the end, it could be keytarable. And not only that, mm -hmm. all of the rotary encoders send out MIDI, so it's quite a useful uh, um, controller as well. So I liked the original uh, 8. It was a bit reduced in terms of it doesn't have the, the high DSP uh, hungry effects, so it's missing the reverbs and whatnot. So it's just a chorus and a, gosh, chorus and delay. a delay, I believe. But... Yeah, it looked kind of cool, and it's nice to see because we've got a bit of a, a history with those guys. They started out in Bristol down the road. You know, we 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 were we we were the first to see their first things. It's always nice to see more stuff. I hope it does well for them. Any thoughts on this, Dom? It's a cute thing actually, and it still it feels pretty well yeah, built I, as well. It's not a lot cheapy. I I was surprised at the price. It was lower than I expected when I when I got to that bit, and I think it hits a nice sweet spot because there doesn't seem to be a massive difference between that and the and the eight. Uh, I think you, you covered it, didn't you? I mean, if the two two effect slots are fixed, and there's only two of them, um, and I think there's two LFOs and not three, from what I found. Obviously, it's yes, five voices, right, yeah. um, not eight, but it's got all of the forty odd algorithms, all the same filters, uh, and it works uh, off a of USB power, I think, and battery is it? I think yep. so. 
It um, doesn't have a battery, so but then a, if it's powered on USB, you could always just plug USB, it then you find, Gotcha, water. yeah. So yeah. something to take out, um, you know, when I go out every morning with my deluge for uh, for my morning <laughs> prayer session. <laughs> I can always take it <laughs> I take it with me. Just link them together. Um, no. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I think as a as an extra thing that that yeah, you know, as a thing for your backpack for, for whatever it's 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 neat to have, but actually as a as a you know, I would consider this over the over over the eight just as a as a unit in the studio. I think to get those sound sources in there. And we were chatting very briefly before the, the show about the five voices. I mean, it never stopped anyone with Profit Fives, but you got you got octaves in the left hand and your three voices you know your, your three chords your triad in the right and you're pretty much sorted to be honest so I, yeah I, I think it hits a really nice spot and i don't own any modal stuff but that may well be the first thing that uh, that's tempted me to go actually do you know what this is yeah this is really sweet so uh full marks to them i did wonder whether this kind of cut down thing has has an element to do with the chip shortage whether producing stuff with potentially less chips I, to be honest though it's a guess because i'm guessing because it's got I, most well, of the stuff inside I, it already the chips aren't that less anyway but i want well i wonder whether it's that whether it's it may be the thing that there's five it's one of those things isn't it it's like well the one that'll do eight is this much but then we've got these little ones which will do uh yeah. three each <laughs> and they're don't cheaper, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. don't want to do six, so you make it do five. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a complete guess. I mean, because it's it not the same thing. I don't think that would be the issue with the Take Five, for instance. So yeah, exactly. There's a lot of yeah, people have been saying at ways of producing this stuff. I think with less. So the people around, have been, there's but, the hydrosynth, the hydrosynth Explorer, which again is like a, a full a full on hydrosynth in uh, without the uh, <laughs> the poly key. Uh, does it have the poly keyboard? I think I can't remember if it does or not. But that's an eight voice, and that's that's nearly that's maybe 152. 200 bucks more but it's eight voices and you get the full hydrosynth engine so it's a it's a bit of a crowded market hi rich have you tried any of the modal stuff have not but quite enjoyed your reviews of both this and take five this last few days and love the sound of this thing love i think it's, this is a wonderful product it just um particularly for live performance and i think the five voice thing relates to a situation where some people feel boutique is too small and giant is too expensive and too large. So we're yeah. going to make a product niche that falls in between the too small boutique stuff that makes some people uncomfortable, which doesn't really make me uncomfortable, and the larger and more expensive stuff. So this gives you an access to the substance of a much more uh, fully developed and expensive product in a light, small form factor that apparently can be controlled also via software. Is that right? In addition to on the instrument itself, there's companion software that allows you to. There is, but you don't need thing. to use it. I mean, no, no understood. You, I mean, you, but you, you can, can if you want to see the whole universe yeah, you can it's see a the tiny tiny display it really is very small what on the thing yeah uh, i remember you put you put your yeah. thumbnail up to it I, I remember seeing that um and i want to say that i think i might have liked take five more than you did i thought it sounded spectacular and yeah there are things it doesn't do but um i thought it absolutely sounded amazing to me great and really enjoyed Good. it yeah. Oh, good. Well, enjoy cool. all of all of your reviews. You review like you're like my favorite reviewer because you 
really get oh, to the heart of the thing. Shucks. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I did enjoy. I, I don't know what it was. I think maybe uh, the, the the sense of impending destruction was hanging over me while I was reviewing that. So perhaps I wasn't on my best form. But I don't think I missed anything oh, well, out. I perhaps I just didn't. I didn't sort of. Uh, perhaps I just didn't, wasn't as effusive and enthusiastic as I usually am. Which you know, it's just the way it goes. We all have off days at the office. But that wasn't a reflection of the synthesizer. It was perhaps more Great world sense. events, uh, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, people because uh, a lot of people were very evangelical in the comments about it, saying no, 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 no. That's not that. This is this is the and it you know for a lot of people it is and I did miss a couple of things. I I, I agree, but on the whole, I think it sounded pretty good. Um, both right, of them did. Both um, of them sounded great. Yeah, you know, very different things, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think where I was going. I, I had a direction I was going to go in, and I've completely forgotten what it was now. But I don't suppose it matters all that much because we're we're almost at the time when we might say good night uh, and God bless because we're we're at the end of the show. There were a couple of things. Maybe I'll save those topics because you never know how we're going to go with uh, with stuff. But there, there there's been a lot of since announced this week. Uh, obviously, Behringer have pulled a lot out of the can. Uh, it'd be nice to see them. So nice to see some hardware again because up until now we've really been there's been a real focus on software and i think that was something that i kind of maybe was thinking about at the beginning of all of the pandemic and lockdown because lots of people sitting alone in there or locked up in their in their various uh, offices and, and, and bedrooms or whatever coming up and thinking with things thinking about things and coming up with some great ways of of coding them up and so i suppose you know we're, we're going to see and continue to see the fruits of that sort of labor so i do hope so but uh, I suppose that's a closing thought. It doesn't really have any uh, any other meaning. Um, but yeah, I know. Uh, that, well, I suppose that one question, if everyone's got time for it, is: Has this sort of period of life, this kind of this this period we've been going through, made you more open to using software and software solutions than, than you were before? For for the reasons that you know you can't get hold of the hardware so much, but also you maybe can't get out to see the stuff, or you know there's been more innovation. That's just a question I'd like to throw to both of you. If anyone wants to go first, Dom, yeah, I can. Just to win, Rich. Well, I was always already quite a, an adopter of software before warrant of easy recall and easy life, I suppose, where I could get away with it. But I've always been a lover of of hardware, particularly hardware outboard. So no, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so is the answer to that. I've gone down a few rabbit holes, kind of just getting sort of stuck inside. You know, and kind of just gone, got lost on YouTube or, or sort of forums and stuff, deciding that I really need something when actually I really didn't. That's a scary thing to be, you know, to be going down. But um, I've been more productive, I think. I don't, I don't go out that much. I'm not, I used to be a very, very social animal going out and, and doing all of the schmoozing that you have to do if you're a pro musician or certainly a pro session musician. Nowadays, I kind of have quite a quiet life. So, so lockdown for us, isn't too much different from from real life right. to be honest so um so no but it yeah I, i've learned a lot I've, I've i've spent a lot of time le learning a bit more about coding or learning different things and, and indulging myself in stuff which is not paid work if you like you know it's 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 
uh, you're just learning experience stuff. So, so That's no, I, and I would That's still, I, yeah, I would, I would still want to stick my stuff throughout. If it's a soft synth, to through some some decent, you know, hardware outboard or use a real synth in the in the if I can. So nothing's. I'm I'm, I'm still at the same stage I was then. But yeah, definitely, definitely gone down, gone down a few rabbit holes and spent some time kind of bettering my bettering myself in terms of learning stuff. I guess that's. That's the best way to look back at yeah, it. Yeah, I, I suppose thinking about software, I've been more involved in actually using software to modify the workflow here, you know, so stuff behind the scenes. So from that point of view, I can kind of, I can understand how if I was a plugin or a software developer, I might have been working on stuff that might have an end product mm. that I would sell. Whereas this is really just to sort mm. of affect the way that I, I operate and, yeah. and how we can utilize cloud stuff and all those things. I know, Richard, uh, uh, what about you? Specifically, as relates to using software, I've been living in a software-centric world for at least two and some decades. So it was it's almost impossible for me to get deeper into software usage in music cre and audio creation as far as you know the way I tend to do things. That said, what has increased during this time period has been my interest in the kind of hardware we were just discussing that allows an individual to have a live creative space that is flexible, malleable, and easy to operate and falls out of the process and just allows you to create music in front of people that evolves and is cool and has uh, cool elements. And though I've never been one, I haven't, I've threatened to buy modular rigs for years and haven't bought anything, but, but um, that's not so much, like I say, executing my homework in front of people is not necessarily what I'm interested in, but finding a piece of equipment like what we were just discussing that I could interact mm. with to create vibrant live creations is something that does interest me. And so maybe I'm more interested in hardware rather than software mm, across the length okay. of this time of pandemic the possibilities for because it's becoming increasingly clear that there is no money in recording and if you're going to make any money at all you're going to be playing gigs now the question is with whom are you playing those gigs and in my case right now i'm playing with chic and that's a wonderful thing and it's own it's its own thing but as far as my personal life and finding a way to express myself with this thing I have yet to find the right medium, and I would, I'm pretty easy. I'd like to do chamber music on this thing. I'd like to do all kinds of things on this thing. I just haven't kind of found the right situation. So maybe working up a solo set isn't such a bad idea, or maybe getting fluent on the gear that would allow me to do that isn't such a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Those are the kinds yeah. of ideas that have been germinating for me in pandemic more than how can I use yet one more plugin to make my life yeah. better. Although I have to say that I am in love with Console One by SoftTube, and I love using it in music productions. So that's me. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks for your thoughts. That's been very illuminating. Um, I guess we're at the point where we're going to say goodbye. I want to say thanks to Andy for switching today and also to our guests, uh, 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 Rich and uh, Dom. I'll come to them for a proper goodbye, but we'll say thank you to all the people in the IRC, the Discord, the... Uh, 
YouTube chat, all of those places. Like I say, we're going to be bringing up some... This, I, I was just, at the end of that, I was thinking about a video that I spotted from our excavations from Mesa 2002, which you're going to love. I think it was a key, it was a QWERTY keyboard with a cover that you took off and it had a little tiny mini keyboard at the bottom. for the. I'm going to play that. It was a brilliant pitch. But, and now we've got some really early demos from uh, some of the... Some, Jerry Kowarski and also, who else? James Bernard, some real, some real classics from 20 years ago. It's, uh, I, maybe I'll just mention them and then I can use them in some form of blackmail uh, rather than actually just put them up there. It'll be the inverse of pay, be paying for not content rather than paying for content. Uh, not that we charge for content anyway. But uh, OK, thank you. Uh, Rich, lovely to have you. Thank you very much for joining. Have you got more gigs coming up? I guess we're getting into the spring, the spring season. I'm starting to think about it gigs and what we're going uh in three weeks we're going to columbia to play oh okay that sounds good and then and then we'll come home and then i think i'm right i'm not sure what's after that there is a bunch of down and backs as i like to call them to various wonderful locations that precede our intensive summer tour which begins at the end of may and will extend right. at least until August, and then there's another. There's some more tough stuff that's being uh, planned for the fall. So um, I'll be around right. you guys for a bunch of the summer, and you can be around. Oh, brilliant! Too. Well, maybe we can actually physically, yeah. if if the bubble's not too intense, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to actually physically meet up and, uh, and like imbibe. Um, and of course, Dom, thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget Dom's show on Sunday night, the 40th uh, birthday, um, shall we say. Lovely to have yes, you. Yes, 40th you, Dom, birthday. For, uh, thank as you. Ever. Um, can I just very quickly say, it's, as well as if you could, I'd love you to come on Sunday evening, Mr. Wiggly Music. So youtube.com, that's forward slash Mr. Wiggly Music. But also, ProSynth Network have their 100th show uh, on Friday. So that's worth a look with Robbie Puricelli. Just Google ProSynth Network, and that should be good. Uh, and also, congratulations to Ken Lewis, who, by my YouTube bot standards, is the most prolific poster in the chat today, closely followed by and Mr. Gum 6V. So there you go. Ken Lewis gets the prize for the most posts in chat. Excellent. Well, that, that uh, uh, Dom, Dom has been uh, um, applying his skills to some fabulous data data mining in the YouTube comments. Or not in, t in any way sinister, I might add. It's all good, clean fun, and we may talk to him about this because these are the sort of statistics that I think people find fun in uh, you know in general interactivity thing so i'll have to have a chat with it but that was uh sonic talk episode uh 705 recorded today live thank you very much everybody uh for joining us thank you to all our chatties and everybody else we'll say goodbye now and uh, we'll sign off see you next time take care bye bye now